Right, so having navigated the complexities of SoundCloud, discovered our free version that expired, putting in our credit card details, twice, and we are now ready to go. Having discovered that it wasn't SoundCloud at all, but SoundTrap, but here we are. And we have made a very real and fiscal investment in the ears you are lending to us. And we're very glad that you've joined us here on the Big Fat Dog and Cat Podcast, Unleashed. I'm Alana McLaughlin-Bell, and this is my fabulous co-host, Paddy Crawley. Hi. This is my first time on the Big Fat Dog and Cat Podcast, and I am delighted to be joining... The pro team that have brought you the previous episodes, we've decided to change things a little bit going forward. We have. We've decided to add a little bit of extra interaction and spice and, you know, you never know, there might be some special guests, especially if the dog continues to tear apart the bin bags in the garden. So, So, Paddy, tell us, uh, how did you get involved with us at Big Fat Dog and Cat? I have a big fat dog, that's not strictly true, I have a very small dog, uh, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. They are beautiful dogs and they come in two variations. They come in sit very quietly on your lap and look fabulous and they come in mentalist barker and that's what I have. Uh, He came to us as a rescue seven years ago now. He's going to be nine so he's very, very ancient compared to when we had him but he has lost none of his puppy excitement and none of his volume. Now, when we'd had him for about 18 months, we decided he needed a friend, and we introduced our second dog, the Lady Sybil, named for Sybil Ramkin of the Terry Pratchett series, not for Sybil from Faulty Towers, as everyone always assumes. And she came all the way from Serbia, uh, across most of mainland Europe, actually, in a van. And when she arrived with us, she had some behavioural issues. Uh, She had some... uh, challenges when other dogs approached and she had uh, a tendency to get very defensive of us and so I looked on the Google and found Fun for Dogs and Alana and the rest is history. And of course Fun for Dogs for those who don't know is uh, the, the, the company that born the Big Fat Dog and Cat podcast so we are so happy to have Paddy on board and I think today being that we've been talking about the fabulous Sybil, the uh, European rescue dog, it might be a nice topic to start off with. Definitely. I was just trying to think about when uh, I saw my very first European dog come into the island and uh, and Paddy and I were talking about uh, when the passports were very first introduced. I was like, oh, it's not wasn't that long ago it feels like it was you know maybe 10 or more years um 2003 2003 it's unbelievable isn't it I mean, uh, it feels ob- like yesterday obviously i'm peter pan so i don't age but uh, it's a bit sobering but <laughs> it's 19 years ago that's quite a long time 19 ago. years ago well, I can oh remember the very the very first dogs coming into the into the classroom and and coming in from Spain. Um, of course, now we see dogs from all around the world, um, and I've even seen dogs brought in from China. From um, wow. uh, they've been rescued from meat markets in China. Seen from from everywhere. From obviously from Cyprus with your Sybil. Lots of dogs. Serbia. From Sp- Serbia. Serbia. Net, Serbia. Serbia. Again with a sir. It's not a problem. Same one. Seen dogs from Serbia, Cyprus, Spain. Um, all, all the S's. And and right across the world, really. So, the popularity of. European rescue dogs is really, really growing. 
Yes, and I wonder about, not to be terribly sort of serious about it all, but I do wonder about the attraction of a European rescue dog over a UK or GB rescue dog. And mm. uh, one of the problems we know at the moment is vast amounts of puppy farming going on, mostly it seems in the Welsh borders. Um, mm. But Wales re- and Ireland particularly real prevailing. issues. Um, and I, it, we should, of course, say that we're talking to you from the beautiful Channel Island of Jersey, um, which, if you haven't been to, you must. Uh, but that presents its own interesting challenges regarding the importation of animals, particularly uh, dogs. We weren't ever part of the European Union, but we sort of follow the UK for those sorts of things and were part of the pet passport scheme, now sadly departed. Um, And so now, as dog owners, because you can't leave Jersey except by water with an animal, you can't take them on the plane unless they're an assistance animal. Mm. Um, I think you can private flights, but well, it's, that's true. It's very, yes, very it, costly. It's, it's not cheap, um, mm, of course. And so most people go on the ferry, and it's gone from costing about uh, about I think it was twenty five quid per dog to about Gosh. 175 quid a dog. <laughs> I was going to say, um, that was a while ago now. Because <laughs> with, with, with the pet passport, you know, away you went. And now, not so much. Um, and it has provided a, an interesting change, I think, in the behaviour of people looking for rescue dogs. The We have a, an, uh, an organisation on the island called Company of Dogs who import a lot of dogs, mm, uh, rescue yeah. dogs, from, from Spain. Um, but it's become more complex. It's become... Things much have, more difficult. Yeah, things have definitely changed. I, I've been working personally with a company of dogs for many, many years, and, and uh, they're a, a, a fabulous rescue organisation. Um, I believe a lot of the difficulties have come with Brexit changes. Brexit changes in the law are making it a lot harder to um, to actually bring animals through the border. Um, whether or not that's a bad or a good thing, I think is up to... to well, the, the, the irony of Jersey is many Jersey people didn't get a say. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course. Because although the people of Gibraltar were given a vote, the Jersey people weren't. But that's a different podcast. Um, yeah, I, I'm just intrigued because recently uh, the rescue dogs that my friends have been getting have been coming more from the UK. And I wonder if that's a trend you've noticed that actually some think, of it's fallen off a bit from uh, I think the, rescue in general is Europe. very, very trendy at the moment. Yeah. And I, and I hate to use the word trendy no, about acquiring that. dogs. Um, but it really is, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think that at the moment in the UK, certainly we are in crisis with rescue dogs, and I know right now at the moment um, is the rescue centres are full. We're hearing about huge rescue centres like Birmingham Cats and Dogs Home, uh, the Dogs Trust mm-hmm. in the UK th- that are absolutely capa- uh, full to capacity, um, and you know we believe as a knock-on of. Um, costs rising in the UK, uh, people being not able to afford um, even accommodation yes. the way that they that they were, um, and also with the knock-on of COVID and people going back to work. But it doesn't seem to have stopped the the numbers of of rescue dogs being acquired from 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 dropping. No, and and I wonder. Obviously, everybody baked banana bread and got a puppy, and and I wonder how many of those have now come into the the foster and rescue system, and hopefully not too many. But I think possibly one of the strange things to come out of that is that 
unscrupulous breeders bred a lot more dogs. Absolutely. Um, in order to have the market supplied, and then everybody went back to work. Um, and so I, I fear what happens to those. But what I think what we're saying here is, if you can rescue a dog, rescue a dog. It is incredibly rewarding. Um, they are fabulous, fabulous animals. There are so many dogs out there that need love. And in the UK, we wring our hands and we try and find people. And there are many, many, many groups who who help people. And in in Jersey as well. And that's great. In other places, they're just euthanized. Mm, of course. And that's that's I think one of the the things about adopting one from not necessarily um, a local uh, rescue centre is that you are saving them from certain death rather than saving them from a, perhaps a and not a just more saving that life. dog. Essentially, when you're looking at places where uh, you know neutering just isn't a thing, like mm. in Spain, um, and the amount of dogs that can be produced from one yes. or two stray dogs uh, it goes into the thousands within their breeding lifetime um, you know it's not just one dog that's being saved it's it's potentially you know hundreds of dogs that would have resulted of that one dog being uh, stray on the streets I, I lived in India for a while and the, the feral dog packs are a very real thing and they are quite scary at night um, and even during the day and, and small kids can be in danger from them and the policy is that every so often the police sort of go into an area and shoot everything they see um, but awful. it's the charities mm. that are the NGOs who work towards neutering who work towards capture and neutering release and all those yep. sort of yep. things that will actually without destroying the animal itself will hopefully Allow reduce to, the numbers to, to kind of mm. die out naturally the word die out I'm sorry but to be, mm. be able to yeah. live their natural life without uh, contributing to the problem essentially Indeed. and yet we are we, we treat animals in a very different way in, in certainly in this bit of Western Europe to, to other parts of the world um, it, people have far more time I think <laughs> in the West and far more money mm. with which to, to, to do such things um, and I can understand when you've got people living way below the poverty line it's just not a priority. It's not. It's not yeah. anywhere near the top. But um, but yeah, and so you get people who, who go out and do these fabulous sort of build these shelters, and uh, people end up you know, go on holiday to to uh, to Vietnam and places, and and find a street dog, and then spend hundreds of thousands of pounds bringing it back and everything else, and or or just stay around and set up charities, and there are lots of them out there. Um, but we've circled away. We we started with European rescue and. When you have European rescue dogs come to you from uh, all the different places they come from to Jersey, do you find they have any specific behavioural issues that are related to the way they've been, uh, the lives they've lived initially? Or is it sort of, are those, those problems universal, have you found? Do you get the same from dogs everywhere? So it's interesting you use the term behavioural issues and I think this is something that, that it is used quite a lot within the dog world is we, we talk behavioural issues and behavioural problems. Um, however, when we're looking at European rescue dogs um, in particular and dogs that have a couple of different things that are different about them. So firstly, we're looking at animals that have potentially lived a feral lifestyle. They've had to... Um, find their own food they've had to uh, 
protect themselves from potential attacks and danger. Um, and they've had to be able to kind of negotiate uh, what's a very kind of hostile environment, both from people and other dogs. And obviously, you know, if we're talking about countries where there might be bigger predators, lo- lots of, of the, it's a bit of the incredible journey, if you like. Yes, absolutely. Of kind of lifestyle. So um, there are skills that dogs will accumulate via their genetics from their parents because obviously dogs that survive are dogs that go on to Mm. reproduce Um, so there are skills that will be passed down genetically and there are skills that are learnt from other animals and from their their mothers when they're especially when they're born on the street Mm. um, that are key survival skills now these skills when taken out of that context and thrown into your you know, three bed semi. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes. With, you know, and especially in Jersey, every day we go down to the beach to walk. It's beautiful, but my goodness, you know, it's a minefield of other dogs, especially sort of gung ho English dogs that want to come and run up and play and sniff yes. their bottoms. Sometimes this is where those skills, uh, they don't really gel with what we see as being a sociable family pet. Yes. So the three big ones for me are. Resource guarding. Mm-hmm. Resource guarding, for those of you who don't know, is when an animal will uh, highly value a resource, usually food, but sometimes it's other things that they that they really value very highly and will guard it from others. So resource guarding is something that we often see these dogs for um, because they've never had anything. And then once they have it, you know, it does, it's, it's highly ingrained in them to protect it. Mm. Um, perhaps growling when people go near a food bowl or a toy or even when they're settled in a bed uh the second one that we see is uh sensitivity to noises and stimulus around them and so that can be you know lots of barking when they hear you know noises around them um it can be uh, fearful behavior of things that are noisy that they've never seen before especially yes. traffic yeah if they've come from more rural areas um, so that kind of increased sensitivity, which we, we may see as a behavioural issue, these dogs, it's a critical survival skill to be able to make sure that they're not hit by a car, that they're not, you know, that 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 kind of stuff. And um, that can lead on into the third one, which is quite um, common, which is reactivity. And reactivity, obviously, is an emotional reaction to a trigger. And often uh, in these dogs, it's either barking at people or barking at dogs, because that's the thing that they come across the most. Mm. Yes, no, definitely. And I should, as we're talking about Sybil, I should perhaps tell you a little bit about her. Um, uh, You know about her, obviously, but uh, you, dear listener, do not necessarily know, uh, or you could. Uh, She came to us with two puppies. Uh, she came to us as a very part of a very small family and they've been rescued together by an organisation that's based in the UK but has, uh, well the, the admin is based in the UK, the organisation itself is based in Serbia and the the puppies all came, or the, the, the mother and her two pups all came to Jersey and were all fostered separately um, and um, uh, have found their forever homes in fact um, mm. in the end um, we saw them on a Facebook group uh, and brought them over. Uh, Sybil had been a family dog, uh, and then she got pregnant. 
at which point she was turfed out of the house. Um, being tangentially part of lots of these different Facebook groups and organisations, this seems to happen a lot in some countries. Some countries that that, that happens. Um, and we don't know how many puppies she had, but she certainly had two when they found her. And she was living uh, on the street, um, we think only for a brief period of time. But nevertheless, she came to us as a purported four-year-old. And actually, we think she was probably more like about 14, 15 months. Mm. So she'd become a very, from our standards, relatively young mother and also had gone through quite a lot in quite a short period of time. And so while she had been a dog with a home, she wasn't a dog with a home for very long before she was then a dog without a pregnant dog without a home. And the issues that you talk about are certainly some of the ones that Sybil presented with. Um, reactivity, particularly. And she still does that a bit. If somebody comes to the house, even if it's someone delivering a parcel and it's a voice she doesn't recognise and she hears it from another room, she will bark her head off until either she's allowed to meet the person um, or the person goes away. And that's from a very short period of, of, of trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's trauma that is the kind of hinge word here, isn't it? Because there, there's this, this difficulty sometimes in dog training that the word training makes everybody think that everything can, you know, everything is a, a, a something that can be unlearnt. Um, and emotional trauma isn't something that can be unlearnt a lot of the time, most of the time, sometimes all of the time. You know, yes, it's, it's, and we, and we wouldn't expect it, it from humans, it, so why would we expect it from We dogs? can adapt the way we cope with it. And yes. we can put in, we can learn new skills, and we can contextualise and all that sort of thing. Of course, but it doesn't make it go away. It can't so, ever no. make it go away. Absolutely. One of the things we we thought about doing with with our our uh, big fat dog and cat podcast must keep saying that. Um, it's, is, a, it's a mouthful, isn't it? It, it is. It's we should find mouthful. some kind of acronym uh, and DFDCP. Anyway, um, we one of the things we thought we might do. I, we started with the story of Sybil vaguely wound around our ramblings, um, and we'd like to hear your stories. We'd like to hear your not just, you know, my dog poos on the stairs, what can I do about it? But your stories of your dogs and what they've done and what they do and what the joy they bring you and the hassle they bring you. And Benji, is who I mentioned earlier, can bark non-stop when he wants to. I think one day I will eventually just to turn around and there will be four paws and an explosion and that's it. He'll just have barked himself <laughs> into disappearance. Um, and that can get on your nerves and it can wear, it can be like a baby crying it can get really kind of hardcore and that's part of what we want to talk about as well we want to talk about your bad experiences with your pets we want to talk about how pets can be not just a great joy but they can be a great trial as well and and in the same way that anything we bring into our lives and, and, and take responsibility for so if you've got something you'd like to tell us about then let us know and uh, we'll put something up uh, in the, the comments you and information. You can email us on bigfatdogandcat at hotmail.co.uk And there isn't a small pause there while we check what it was, honest. That, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, no, no, we knew, we knew it. <laughs> Although I've noticed actually by making it rhyme it makes it easier. The Big Fat Dog and Cat podcast. Oh, you got it. It's easier. There we go. There we are. We, we just we just needed we needed the rhythm of it. There we are. <laughs> um, 
so yeah we'd love to hear that um and also we'd love you to send us pictures we'd love you to send us videos of your dogs doing things uh, we're going to expand our social media presence and uh, see what we can do there um and also if you've got genuine questions about you know how we could possibly help um but also about things like as we've talked about this time about the adoption process about how to know who's a scurrilous puppy farmer and who's mm. out to do good and sometimes those two can be as tricky as each other uh, to g- get a rescue from we, we should really say paddy at this point that um as the big fat dog and cat getting it now it's yeah, we're, it. we're there i want to sing it in a yeah, minute that's what, we, need, um, we need jingle we support responsible breeding and we support responsible rescue definitely thoroughly both yes. equally I absolutely feel. equally yes yes Yes, and and the unresponsible, irresponsible is the word we're thinking for. Uh, the irresponsible ones can fuck off. Absolutely. <laughs> and when they get there, they can fuck off again. Exactly. On fuck off mountain. <laughs> oh no, we said we weren't going to swear. Damn. I know. I well, we want. we did we did say we'd we'd think about it. We did. <laughs> <laughs> we've had so much fun. Yeah. Chatting. I think this is good. Uh, we we've enjoyed ourselves. Um, so that's really what matters. Oh no, you've enjoyed yourself. That that's that's what matters. Do you that's think they right. have? I, I think they have. I think they've learned a thing. I think they've uh, they've met Sybil, albeit you know we feel they probably they heard like Benji. They know Sybil, yeah. They certainly heard Chico. They did hear Chico in the background. You, you may not have realised, but as you listen to this, every so often there's a high pitched chirp, and that isn't me getting excited about doing a well, podcast. My squeaky chair. It's not the squeaky chair's good. You're like this. Definitely be part of it. Um, but yeah, uh, would you like to tell us about Chico? Is it Chico time? Give the pun. <laughs> Can I just say for the record that Chico was called Chico before Chico ah, time? So that Ch- he, Chico is the original influence. Chico is the original, the 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 artist formerly known <laughs> as. Chico is my mayor's parrot, and uh, she's currently sat in. I'm, uh, we're in the office downstairs. The middle floor is the kitchen and lounge blah blah one of those funny upside down houses she's in the east wing she is in the east wing oh, that makes it sound so posh um sat upstairs from us and the chirp is very very loud um so she will cheep for various things but she does have different cheeps and i wonder if we could uh, include a, a chico kind of uh, decoder at Definitely. some point in the podcast what is your parrot trying to tell you yes yeah. one 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 particular cheep that she does she will only do for crisps when she's asking for crisps so we'll have to test it and see and there you are ladies and gentlemen we, we've all learned something we didn't know that parrots ate crisps but now we do <laughs> i don't know if parrots are supposed to eat crisps <laughs> chico, chico does, does. <laughs> <laughs> how marvelous well thank you very much for having me um and uh, we look forward to doing some more of this and if you've enjoyed our ramblings do let us know uh, and uh, as we said earlier tell us your stories uh, and we'll uh, we'll have a chat about what you want to chat about as well as what we you know want to mither on about and we'll see you all really soon on the big fat dog and cat unleashed got it now